So I placed the ad saying, and the app is so funny. I'm a DJ looking to looking for a mentor to help me with my skills and also how to produce beats like Puff Daddy. Awesome. <laughs> how many responses did you get? One. Welcome to the latest edition of the Beat Talks podcast. I'm your host, DJ Ruche, official DJ for the Los Angeles Lakers and AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. We are here today with DJ Heat from the Washington Mystics and Washington Wizards. So excited for this conversation. I actually grew up just outside of Washington, D.C., so I was very much looking forward to talking to DJ Heat, getting to know a little bit more about how she DJs in what I consider part of my hometown, and uh, incorporating go-go. If you don't know much about go-go music, it is huge in Washington, D.C., so that is definitely brought up. And um, she auditioned and applied four different times to be the DJ for these teams. And I was very, very, very curious about that process. I really enjoyed this conversation with DJ Heat. I know you're going to as well, too. She just seems like an amazing person. And uh, I can't wait to head to D.C. at some point and uh, get to hear her perform live at one of the games. So let's do this. DJ Heat, welcome to the Beat Talks podcast. Championship DJ DJ Heat, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be a guest on here. So dope. Love your podcast. <laughs> Appreciate that. I saw um, your vlogs from the Wubble when you were down there last summer when you got your championship ring. Did you know, did somebody let you know they were shipping it to you? Yes. So shout out to uh, our Mystics host, Britt Waters. Um when she told me, well, we got an email saying that the rings were coming in. And so I, me and Britt, we're real close friends. So I text her, I was like, can you pick up my ring when you pick up yours and ship it down to me? Because I don't think I could wait. I believe it was probably like early in the wobble. So I was like, I don't think I could wait till October <laughs> to get my <laughs> ring. Yeah, because it was pretty early in, in Did you guys, I'm thinking about your schedule now, was the entire WNBA season in um, in Florida? Yes, entire season. Wow. So how long were you down there for? Uh, three months. Wow. Yeah, because <laughs> thinking about the NBA, we were like towards the end of our season when the season got paused. Right. So when COVID and everything hit, what was the word to you about what was going to happen with the WNBA season? Um, I think it was pretty much up in the air with everything because you know it was we it was early in the pandemic you know everything happened in march and you know wnba season kicks off in may so i remember at one point there was like oh there may not, there may not be a season at all and i was like oh gosh like like i could get even more depressed <laughs> than i am yeah. now you know how is that dj's you know we lost we lost all of our gigs so and that's something that i think hit all of us so many times that we gotta keep getting all these notifications and you know messages saying this is canceled this is canceled this is canceled it was like it, you know it's like groundhog day we had like this ongoing yep. <laughs> you know bad day going on every time we got something saying yeah this is canceled this is canceled this is canceled so i was like oh my gosh but then when i started hearing rumblings 
uh, that they they was gonna do a bubble. I I literally said to myself, "Oh my gosh, I want to DJ in their bubble." I don't know how it's gonna happen, but I I was just putting it out there in the universe, like I want to do this. Like they're gonna need a DJ. Like I want to do this, and yeah, and lo and behold, it it happened. You know, shout out to Three Point Productions for reaching out to me. It happened. <laughs> Were you, how many DJs did they send? I know the NBA sent four. How many DJs were for the WNBA? Um, there were three. I was the only DJ that stayed the entire season though. Um, yeah. So there were, so for the first part of the season through the early of the playoffs, there was always two DJs. So for the first half, I think DJ O from the Bucks, he came down oh, yeah. at first. And then when he left, then DJ Joe Green, who does oh yeah from las vegas right he does everything in vegas you can't just say one team yeah. for joe yeah. <laughs> and then when joe went back dj o came back and then o left i think during the second round but i but i was the lone one that decided to stay the entire time like i don't have anything to do like why not yeah like you said with all of our gigs canceled what else am i gonna do i'm like i stay here the full time there's no need i don't have anything else to do i'm here <laughs> <laughs> and so I saw on your on your vlog from down there that you had to DJ a game mm -hmm. where your Mystics were the away team. Like I, it, it hurts my soul, right? Like I have no problem DJing for another team. I was like, if I need to step in, but to DJ against my team, how did you even? Because didn't they need to win that game too? Your yeah. the Mystics needed to win that game. Yeah, it was like two different games where like the Mystics like really needed. It. Well, the first game where I had to DJ against them, um, I believe they played the Minnesota Lynx. And so the Minnesota Lynx have the sound effects to intimidate the opponent when they're on the free throw line. Oh. And it's funny, like one of one of uh, my friends, he actually tweeted me and was like, Heat, are you playing sound effects when the Mystics are at the free throw line? I'm like, yeah, it's me. I have to. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, you're a professional and you got to do it, but how did that did that hurt your soul on the inside right so of course when they when they get down to like the game that they needed to get into the playoffs and again they were the away team so it was and i think that game like went down like to the final minutes and i'm inside like screaming inside like mm, but i still have to uh, you know i'm a professional i have to do everything play everything to get the home team into it but you know deep down inside when the mystics won i was like i'm screaming internally like we're in the playoffs Woo! but i told them i told three point productions i was like yo uh for the playoffs i can't since uh the mystics were considered the away team for the playoffs i like please don't put me on the the mystics yeah. series i i can't i can't do it anyway it, it was tough <laughs> I like I, my literally my insides hurt right now just thinking about you having to do that. I can't. I mean, we're all professionals. We can do what we have to do, but yeah, that's just not. That's not awesome. That's it's uh, not. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Like last year was a different year for everybody, but ugh. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm impressed that you. I'm impressed that you did that. That's uh, that's not an easy thing to do it's, for sure. It's not. I was like, I'm here. I signed up for this job. I gotta gotta do my job. So you're unique because you do both the WNBA and the NBA for the Wizards and for the Mystics. I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually grew up in Northern Virginia, wow. right outside Washington, D.C. So <laughs> when I was growing up, though, they were the Bullets. Yep. And I know we're close-ish enough in age, but um, I'm a little older than you are. <laughs> but uh, I, 
I, be- I can't remember what year they changed names, but I had already moved to California at that point. 97. So I don't feel the connection. <laughs> 97. Mm-hmm. Yes. I actually moved to California in the summer of 97. So wow. it was right after that. So my, I don't have the same attachment anymore just because of that with the team that I grew up with. Uh, but you were a ball girl for the mystics mm-hmm. and then now DJing for the mystics and DJing for the wizards. There's so many questions I have. Like I read, I think you said that you applied four times for the job for the wizards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll start like, but you had the mystics jobs first though, right? Yeah. Um, so I was, like I said, I, like, like you brought up, I was a ball girl for the Mystics that was during their very first season. Um, mm-hmm. When I found out that the that DC was getting a WNBA team, I was like, they probably going to need some ball girls. They're brand new. Totally. So, you know, back then, it, it, you know, we didn't have like this super access to the internet. I just had to mm-hmm. hunt and find out. I think I just called the direct line to cap to at the time mci center i was like hey can you i was like i, I guess i asked for the equipment manager or something like that hey can y'all connect me to the equipment manager and i you know and i left a message saying you know i see i got a new WNBA team if you need some ball girls reaching out and he was like he didn't even think about that he do they, they will need ball girls <laughs> Yeah, he's like, thanks for letting me know, stranger that just called me on the phone. Exactly. So he's like, all right, you know, I, I got hired for that. So first season in the WNBA with the Mystics in the WNBA, I was a ball girl. And then in their 20th anniversary season, here I am as their DJ. Like you said, after I applied several times for DJ positions with Mystics slash Wizards, because the job open is always varied. Like I applied in 2008. Uh, then I applied again 2014, then 2015, then 2017. And that's when it finally happened where I actually got in for an audition. And I guess, you know, my audition went well enough. I got hired as the Mystics DJ. And then in 2018, I got offered the position as the Wizards DJ. So I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> Are they owned by the same ownership group? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Got it. My what was the... Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what was the application process like? When you like, was it just something online you filled it out? Yeah, and so they called you back. Or it, they called you back? it varied each of the four times I did it. Um, in two thousand eight, um, I was working at WPGC in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and I, I believe somebody in our promotions department told me that the Mystics were looking for a DJ, and I sh- and they did the direct connect. I didn't know that another DJ at our station was being interviewed as well. And he didn't know vice versa. Um, DJ jealousy, who's our music director. And he's, and he's actually, he's still, he's been with the organization since 2008, since, since that time we both interviewed at the same time. And when he found out, this was after he got the position, he was like, Oh, he, I I didn't know you got interviewed as well. I would have told him to give it to you. I'm like, nah, it's okay. And like looking back, I'm like I wasn't prepared. <laughs> then, yeah. like I've grown so much as a DJ since then, and as, even as a personality, because you know personality is a part of it as well. So I just look back, I wasn't prepared then. Then 2014, like it's like each time so somebody told me about the position. So 2014, I get told again. I think also by my colleagues at the radio station, they like heat is open, apply. I applied nothing. 2015, once again. So I don't know what happened with how they had the position open two years in a row. Yeah. (laughs) I applied again in 2015, and this one required an elevator pitch video. 
that I, I made a cute creative little video showing, you know, my love of mystics and wizards and uploaded it, you know, um, unlisted on my YouTube so I can know, you know, I can send it to them privately and it won't come up on my main YouTube page and it never got any views. <laughs> so that's how I know. Every Every day you're checking it, like zero views. Zero, zero views. views, just yeah. me. I'm the one making the views go up. I'm the one, I was like, dang, I did this cute elevator pitch video. They didn't watch it. Then here comes 2017. Uh, again, I'm being told by someone else about the position. I'm like, look, at this point, I appreciate all y'all for always telling me that the Mystics are looking for a DJ or the Wizards are looking for a DJ. This time it was just the Mystics. They was like, no, he, go ahead. I was like, all right, I'll do it. I actually got a reply back this time for the next step, which was to turn in a demo mix. So I turned in the demo mix. And then I got the next step for, okay, we're having auditions on this day. I made it to the auditions, did the audition. And then here I am. It's like, you got the job. I was like, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> Finally, you guys replied to me. Right, and it finally happened. Like I made it all the way to an audition. Like, wow. <laughs> what was the audition? Were you in the arena? I'm fascinated with the audition process because auditioning a DJ, it's either they know how to do it or they don't. Like, I don't know. Like doing a demo mix, I'll have clients be like, "Hey, can you send me a demo mix?" Or like asking one of my DJs, "Hey, can they send us a demo mix for our wedding?" It's like, well, we play music based on the crowd and the reaction, so. The demo mix I could send you, you could be in your office having a bad day and listen to it and be like, oh, this DJ sucks. Right. Because of you're having a bad day, not, I have no crowd to do a demo for. So I'm fascinated when people have to do this. So, what was the audition part when you made it to the audition? What did you have to do for that? So, the audition part is, 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 is wild because they had all the hosts there for audition and had all the DJs there for audition. So, you can imagine like you, you with your competition and, and you scoping folks out saying, who are the other DJs and, and, and stuff like that. So the process was, it almost looked like a competition show. They had two different DJ setups like, <laughs> across from each other, right? <laughs> and so, you know, we had to alternate. So they gave you situations and mm -hmm. what song you would play for that situation. All right, you know, all right, the, the team just scored because they were looking for uh our arena football team as well. So they were given foot oh got it. They were given football situations and basketball situations. So they was like the, the team just scored the game winning touchdown, blah blah blah. What you gonna do? Or, you know, the there's a fast break, you know, we just scored this blah blah. What would you play? So this is how I kind of cheated. Um because I didn't know any so I haven't done anything in sports at that point. And it's way different DJing sports than anything else. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I spent a lot of time Googling like sports and music and getting prepared and having all these different songs. Luckily, my boss, <laughs> the person that ended up being my boss, he has a whole website dedicated to sports music. It's called sportsannouncing.com. His name is, is Jared Ronsky. Shout out to Jared. Because when I saw... I was Googling sports songs and I came across his name on the site. I'm like, this is the person that's been emailing me. So he has his own type of playlist for different situations and all this on, the, on his own website. Like he gives you everything on this website. 
Yeah. Like it's there. So my thing was, all right, let me just take what I can and build these songs up. And like, he's the one and other people, they're, they're the ones asking me the questions. And I'm like, thank gosh that this man who's in charge, that's handling the auditions, that's going to become my boss. He has this website and I just like downloaded so many things. I had it organized for certain situations and it turned out that's what the audition was. What would you play in this situation? <laughs> And you're like, I will play exactly what you put on your website. So he's like, oh, this DJ is amazing. Yeah, they're playing all my favorites <laughs> for me. So. After he hired me, he told me one thing that stood out to me was my energy. Because I was always that while the other DJs were doing their thing, I was like, I wasn't looking nervous. I was dancing around and being hyped while they were playing their music. So he said that stood out to him. Like, you, you're just out here just having a good old time. Just having fun. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So now I'm, oh man, I'm so curious. The audition situation <laughs> yeah. is, it's, uh, um, I've, I think I've said this on the pod before, but Four Corners from the Toronto Raptors, they brought him in and he was by himself and they had him DJ similar to what you're doing to an empty arena and like be on the mic and like pretending like things happen. I was wow. like, I can't even imagine. It was, it sounds, what people don't understand when you're a fan, like it sounds terrible in the arena when there's no fans in there, when music is just bouncing off the walls and everything, like it sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine trying to DJ with nobody in there and pretending. Uh, it just it makes me nervous because exactly. I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate. I, I lucked into. I kind of got to learn on the job. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> which now to the, nowadays it's not. Uh, that's that would never happen again. The way I was. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by the audition process. Um, oh man. No, I'm blanking on I'm blanking on what my next question was because it was it was part of that. Oh, <laughs> when you when you then when you got the job and you started DJing games, mm -hmm. what were the differences of things that um, that you didn't even know to expect? Right, like oh, I didn't even know this type of situation, or because you'd been DJing radio for a while, so it's not like it was your first time DJing. You've been a DJ, right. but now you're. DJing sporting events, which is different. Uh, what were the major differences that you weren't expecting, I guess? Man, everything. Because I, I feel like, <laughs> as I look back, I, I feel like kind of I was thrown to the wolves. I'm, I'm giving this, the Sports Sound Pro laptop and like, yeah, I come in the first game. It's like, what? What, like, what, do, what do I do though? Um, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm thankful that, I, I, that um, I believe everyone there knew that I was new. So I got a lot of feedback after game so one thing that i did have to learn that's totally different is pay attention to the score because if like say if we're mm -hmm. down i'm not gonna play something super happy like yay because i like they like on the headset like he uh you shouldn't play that right now because you know, i'm like oh. <laughs> we're down by we're down by 20. Right. Like, exactly. i'm like oh okay so i gotta pay attention to to score uh you know really so thankful for me that like I am a hardcore basketball fan. So mm -hmm. I understand, you know, the rules and, and the action and the game of basketball. So I know I maybe should do something right here. But I think the biggest thing was learning what to play during what situation <laughs> that it, mm -hmm. yeah. it didn't come off wrong. <laughs> yeah, that that was the key right there. Well, I think what you sounds like somebody's getting there. Somebody like, yeah, you should always pay attention to the score, but they don't realize how much is going on 
behind the scenes as the game is going on. You're on a headset. People are talking mm-hmm. to you. You're looking at a script. You could be talking about what's coming up next, and you're having to pay attention to the game at the same time. Like It sounds so simple, but there have been times where I'll be – I feel like we'll be up by like 10, mm-hmm. and I'll look at the scoreboard. I'm like, how are we down five right now? Like, Because it just feels like we're right. winning. But I'm like, oh, but we're down five. Like, that just seems weird to me. But like that is <laughs> – I, I think unless you've been in our position, that wouldn't make sense to anybody else. Like, oh, how would you not know what the score it's is? So much going on. It's like so much going on. You know, it's wild. So this huge season that Russ is having with his triple doubles, and when he had that like that mm-hmm. real big triple double a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, his stats were that crazy for tonight. It's like, yeah, what, really? He did that tonight. Like, but I'm so into like, all right, make sure we do this, this and that, that, you know, all right, he's going to get a triple double, but I didn't know he did all that. For well, yeah, because the, the guy plays at a hundred the entire time. So it's not like he was having a game that is so different than how he normally plays. Right. So then, yeah, you look at the scoreboard, like, oh man, he is crushing this game. I remember that was a big story on ESPN and stuff like that. I remember watching that. I like, uh, I'm very happy when other DJs get players like that, that have like, Everybody in the NBA is a one percenter, but then you have guys that are just even like yeah. the one percent of the one percent, and it just makes a huge difference for the fans as far as the music goes, all that stuff. Whether your team is winning or losing, having a player like that makes a big deal. And you have some baller players on the Mystics too, by the way. Oh man, Whew. I'm so excited for this upcoming season, man. <laughs> and you, you guys won when the Mystics won two seasons ago. Yeah, the 2019 season. 2019 season how was how was that for you did they win on your home court or were they on the road when they no won? it was the home court it was it was game so it was it was d it was do or die it was game it was five yes. <laughs> like you yes it, whoever won that's it um it, it was really exciting because that 2019 season that was our first season in our brand new arena so uh, the, yeah. yeah so the mystics play in a separate arena um then where the wizards play is called the esa entertainment and sports arena and what's also cool about that arena is in a neighborhood i used to live in southeast dc like i literally oh. lived right down the street <laughs> i'm like yo very like, cool <laughs> it's like all these full circle moments are coming about like wow like i'm playing in a neighborhood where i bought my first apartment on my own like this is so <laughs> so cool so you have us in our own home arena and the energy for that season, it was just so different. And how we were winning games, like going crazy with the winning streaks yeah. and everything and the chemistry and the flow. And especially since compared to, you know, the season before we made it to the finals, but we lost to Seattle. And mm-hmm. even when I mentioned the home advantage at that point, when we were still playing at Capital One, Capital One had started going through renovations when we were in the playoffs. So oh. for like, the first few rounds of the playoffs, we had to play at George Washington University's uh, gym. And then for the when we had our finals, our, our game three, we had to play at George Mason University's gym, which is, you know, like I said, you grew up in Virginia. That's a, yeah. that's a drive to get out. Yeah, that's not in D.C., just in case anybody's wondering. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice little drive if you live in D.C. to get to George Mason. So it's all different. The following mm-hmm. season, it's like, okay, we got our own arena, you know, we're not going to have to bounce around for playoffs. And the whole thing was run it back because we're like, we're going back to the finals. Yeah. And for it to happen, and man, the, the excitement, it, when me and uh, Britt 
During the pandemic, they replayed the finals on our affiliate. And to watch those games, we knew it gets loud in the arena. That energy mm -hmm. in that new arena is something else. But we were watching the games on TV, and I think everybody felt the same way. And even the players commented, like, the fans get really – we had no clue that it sounded like that on the broadcast. That is yeah. wild. I was like, our fans are freaking amazing. <laughs> so what was it like DJing for finals? Because for me, yes, I got an NBA championship ring, but I didn't get to DJ any of the finals. I've been in the playoffs before, but I've never been a final. So hopefully I get to do that this year. Right. But we'll, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's not up to me. We'll see what happens. Right. Uh, what was it like? Yeah. What was it like DJing the finals for the Mystics? Man, it, it was Compared to Right, like there's a different energy. Yeah, it was totally like, and I'm sure the same way. Anytime you get into the playoffs, you want to up your energy with your music and everything as well. Like really go hard. So I was like, yeah, you know, this playoffs. I'm changing my in game bids and all that, which I go in here in timeouts, everything. So I myself elevate with the music and even with the energy of the fans. It's like there are times that I don't even have to play defense prompts because the fans are so into shouting defense themselves. I'm like. Or they're shouting the other stuff. Like I, I, I shut it down. If the fans are, I, are I love, yeah. I love that. I love that you don't step on the fans because that's something that, that's something that's learned, right? Some people feel like there has to be something. If the fans are doing it for you, let them do it. Because they were just so energetic, and I know that's going to, you know, that's going to get into the opponent, mm -hmm. <laughs> the opposing team. That like, yo, like they're not even playing no music and nothing. It's just the fans just being super loud <laughs> and all together. Like, it's this one guy that I know, he's a, he's a ticket owner. I, I recognize his voice. He's usually the one that kicks it off, and all the other fans will follow. Awesome. <laughs> and he'll awesome. come back. He's like, man, I, I, he's like, I know it's you. Like, I, I, yeah. I just know when it's him. And then all the fans, like, follow suit. Like, he, you would think he, you know, he's the one that's, he's a host of something himself. He just <laughs> hit everybody into it. So let them do the thing. But that... Ooh, that game five. Um, even leading up to it, we had watch parties for the away games. So mm -hmm. so that was cool to DJ. So I literally still, when there were away games, I was still DJing. Cause we, still DJing. Yeah, because we had big fan events at um, our National Harbor here. The, the harbor has a big, uh, yeah. giant outdoor screen. So it's nice weather. So fans were able to bring their cheers and, you know, watch the game on a big, huge screen. You know. Awesome. So that, that was pretty cool. But that game five, like, ooh. I started started rocking and, and then getting nervous and then when it's like it's really happening just felt that tingling and then psh, confetti confetti awesome confetti. I'm, I'm jealous I, I'm jealous I'm gonna let you know that now. I'm very happy for you. confetti so at these at the games are you doing all the music all the prompts everything from the time the doors open to the time they close or everything um, okay <laughs> everything which i i don't mind so with mystics games i do everything um wizards games last season our music director jealousy he started helping me out with the wizards games because you know there's a lot more moving parts and he was like mm -hmm. y'all boss like heat like most most nba teams they have more than one to help out it's like okay 100 <laughs> yep. but yeah mystics games is it's all me so besides that are there any style of music the way you play music are there any differences for you djing a WNBA game compared to an nba game um yeah definitely different styles i think with, with mystics fans um that demographic 
they're they're a fan of like like the classic. I guess you would say almost like jock jam type stuff. I know with mm-hmm. one thing that I like saying about Mystics fans is they love to clap along. It's something that I noticed. Oh, okay. So if a song has a like a nice like consistent beat, they start do 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 do. I'm like, man, y'all really. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm killing it up in here. Right. It all becomes <laughs> it, it it becomes almost a part of like a rallying moment because mm-hmm. they all just into it like really clapping. So I I would play songs that. You know that I know. Okay, they were really getting to and clap along. Even when I try something new, I'm like, "Watch, they, they're going to start clapping along to this song because it has that tempo with their that tempo that they love to clap in, and they're going to do it." I'm like, "Yeah, they're doing it." <laughs> love it, love it. Um, when I when I DJed the 2016 Olympics in Rio, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like the greatest DJ ever because that crowd. It didn't matter what song I played; they clapped along. I'm like, oh, I'm the greatest DJ ever because they will, they love every single song that I play and they're clapping. And then I come back to the United States and I can play the same exact songs and they're not clapping. I was like, oh, what happened? My story right. so what, good. what happened with the clapping? So, but. <laughs> yeah, where is everybody clapping? So I love that the Mystics fans will clap along to all of that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you got into DJing when you were 13. Is that correct? Yeah. What uh, was music being played around the house? Like, what got you into uh, wanting to DJ? So music is 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 odd because I think most people have the stories of like yeah music was playing everywhere. My family, I, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. They wasn't really playing that much music around my house. It was just you know my grandmother on Sunday mornings she would play her gospel music like like you know mm-hmm. before we go to church type of thing and just the casual stuff in the car. That's how it was you know with my mom. But what really got me into music is being made fun of at school <laughs> because. Um, I was. I still remember the day because they, I got teased that day. So you always remember that day you got teased heavy as a kid. I was in sixth grade, and they were passing around a DOC cassette, and I was like, "Who is the DOC?" Just me saying out my mouth, "Who is the DOC?" They're like, "What?" That was it. So they started asking me about other uh, popular rappers. They're like, "Do you know who?" NWA is? I'm like, no. So I'm just listening to what's commercial. You know, I'm hearing, I'm listening to MC Hammer and, you know, don't, don't, mm-hmm. I'm listening to DJ Jazzy Jeff. I'm listening to the rap that is commercially played on the radio. I'm not hearing the other stuff because it's not being played. So I'm getting teased. I was like, I don't like this. I don't like that being teased for not knowing who these rappers are. So that was my mission that day. I went home and I will watch the box, which, you know, mm-hmm. the video station that played, you know, music television, you control, you call in. So that was the big one before MTV came out, right? Exactly. So yep. the box was more popular where I was because they played a whole, you could order all the rap and R&B videos you wanted mm-hmm. all day long. You know, it wasn't like MTV. You had to wait for a rap video to come on. No, the box, you just called up and these rap videos are playing all day long. So I started getting you know, real entrenched into rap. And like, I was real drawn once, once I saw NWA, once I saw Ice Cube, I was like, oh man, I, I really love this. I became like a huge West Coast rap fan. Um, and then with DJing, but the funny thing that got me into DJing though, was the Rump Shaker remix. Yes. By Rex in Effect. Because the remix had a DJ scratching on it. And I was just like, yo, this is really, really cool. And I used to mimic, I would just do this every time that part of the song came on. I was like, yo, I think I want to be a DJ. So when I was 13, um, that's the age in DC where you, where you can get your first summer job through our summer job program. Signed up for my summer job program and I saved every paycheck. You know, I was a big 
I was a huge reader of the Source magazine by then. And, you know, they had companies in there that would sell DJ equipment. And I saw, you know, the DJ starter package in the Source. I called up the company and asked them, how much is the DJ starter package with tax and shipping? Because, you know, that's what yeah, what's the what's the real price? Not uh, that what's the real price. price. Yeah. So I can know what to say and to get my money order and to send it to y'all and wait six to eight weeks for my <laughs> DJ equipment <laughs> to show up. Yeah, that's 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 what started it. Do you remember how much it was? Uh, I think it was three fourteen ninety five. Wow, something like that. It, yeah, it was th- it was three something. Now, you know, back then I was probably making like three dollars an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I I literally had to. I did the math. Like literally, saving every paycheck would get me what I needed. Do you remember what the equipment so, was? Yeah, it was a, a Gemini, and you know. Uh, turntable the, the legit the legit dj starter pack for sure yeah yeah the legit couldn't do nothing you couldn't scratch you yeah. it was point like but it, you could learn how to blend which yeah, is yeah, yeah. crucial yep as a dj if i try to go anything too hardcore with it is that it's going to break so then did, when you got <laughs> the equipment did you just teach yourself how to dj how did you learn all those skills i also ordered down the line a how to dj video out the source awesome <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and, and it was this guy telling you how to like beat, you know, how to account BPMs mm-hmm. and what a, a baby scratch was. So I thought learning how to count BPMs was so cool. Like I'm doing the math, then I'm writing down what BPM <laughs> the record was. So so I can know. But one of the key things I did though is um when I was 17, I put an ad in this local free paper called the Washington City Paper. Because they had a music section where everybody would network and say that this artist is looking to collab with this person. Mm-hmm. Their producers looking to do this. Like again, like, you know, the internet wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. <laughs> to, to network and, and meet with other artists, that music section of that paper was huge <laughs> for artists to connect with each other. So I placed it was free to place an ad. So I placed the ad saying, and it was so funny, I'm a DJ looking to looking for a mentor to, to help me with my skills and also how to produce beats like puff daddy <laughs> awesome <laughs> how many responses did you get one but that's the only one i needed and shout out to my mentor dj rbi he's a freaking amazing dj awesome he's awesome and he taught me he started it's it's, it's kind of funny I, um Oh man, I can't remember the show that was on uh, <sighs> that was on Netflix that was talking about the beginnings of hip hop. Um, but I was like, he was, we they had the Grandmaster Flash was the mentor mm-hmm. to the to the young kid on there. I felt like you know he was my mentor. He was my like DJ RBI. He taught me like the elements of hip hop and the elements of DJing and classic records. He was like. Listen to this, like like you're gonna listen to, uh, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the Wheels of Steel. You're gonna listen to these albums right here. You're gonna listen to this DJ premiere and Deep Concentration. You're gonna listen to these to hear how DJs do their thing on wax. And I'm gonna teach you this by doing this. And it it's it's amazing. Like and to this day, he still teaches young people how to DJ through a, a local program here called beats word words beats in life so there's a like a hip-hop program here in dc 
that educates kids on the different elements and they can learn how to be great things. They can learn how to be DJs. They can learn poetry. They can learn graffiti. And he's still teaching these new generation of kids how to DJ. Awesome. Like I sat in, I was sitting in sometimes with a class and, you know, even though we have Serato now, I, I can still see the way he teaches them. And he tells me, he's like, if you look back, you know, it's like, he, you were my first student. <laughs> to pave the way where he actually has a career teaching young kids how to DJ. <laughs> Did he ever tell you why he responded to your ad? I don't know. I, I never asked. I need to hit him up and yeah, ask him maybe because, yeah, so maybe he always had an interest in teaching. Since, like I said, he does it, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a career now to, to, to teach young people how to DJ. So, and I, they, you know, maybe stood out like, okay, is it, is a, a young kid, that wants to do it. He was like, you know, close to my age as well. He was, he was a young kid as well. So here we are. He was very respectful very and all that. I know people, right. right. He's very cordial, very respectful, very thing. And yeah, I think because in DC, um, you know, DC, we're a very big go-go town. Yep. So, you know, hip hop didn't get as much respect. So, and I can understand if you probably want to do hip hop DJing, like, and into that, that probably stood out to him as well, because everybody back then, like I said, that was like 97, 98. If you was into like deep, hardcore hip hop back then, while in D.C., you you definitely were rare. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I'm glad you brought up Go-Go, because trying to explain how big Go-Go is in D.C. to people that have never either been to D.C. or from that area, like, like it's you can't explain it because it's if you go there like you know and the fact that mm -hmm. it never went like when i tell people like dj cool is essentially like that's the go-go song that you know right they don't know they right. don't they would never know how to explain it like oh that's a go like but like that's when i tell them that's how you have to do it but um it is a it's still to this day by the way it's it's mm -hmm. massive in washington dc and uh it never mm -hmm. it's never got the national shine that i thought it would have at some point Right, right. There, there were like hints here and there, like yep. when Salt and Pepper was sampling us, when Kid and Play was sampling us during that era. And we always talked about, you know, doing the butt, you know, when Spike Lee school days, yep. that, that was huge. But even now, it was still being sampled. Like uh, Yellow Beezy and Erica Banks, their current single out samples go go. Pharrell, when he does, he, he Pharrell was says For sure. he's inf influenced. By go go music, and you could hear it in his beats. Miss Yella, she says the same thing. She remembers when she went to go go. So, and and that's the cool thing about DJing for the Mystics and the Wizards is that I can incorporate go go into our in game experience. With with in game beds, you're going to hear go go music playing. Yes. With with in game beds, you know timeouts. I know I can drop some go go. Even you mentioned DJ Cool. DJ Cool has a popular chant. Where he goes, is DC in the house? Say what now? And everybody knows what to say next. So I could play that at games where I just play DJ Cool saying, is DC in the house? Say what now? And everybody knows what to say next because it's such a classic, classic DJ Cool line here in DC because it comes from one of his go go hits that was like huge here. I couldn't play that at a Lakers game. People would be like, huh? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I think everybody else could play, you know, the it takes it takes scoop with him and DJ of Scoop course, and yeah. another DJ Cool. But the good thing here in DC, I could go deeper I into the DJ Cool crates 
and people would know it. Like a, a cool moment. I remember during um, the Mystics Championship season, I was playing Overnight Scenario by Rare Essence. And the hook goes, you know, three in the morning, the pancake house, four in the morning. So I'm looking over in the stands while I'm playing the, the song. And, you know, you see people singing to it. And I see um, this father with his baby and well, like a toddler. Yeah, his toddler in his, in his lap. She had to be probably like two, three years old. And it's like he's teaching her how to count with the song. Awesome. So, so it's like. Three in the morning, the pancake house. <laughs> Boy, it was like he's counting with her to the go-go. So I'm like, you're not going to get that anywhere else. Nowhere. Nowhere else. <laughs> Nowhere where you could play a go-go song with numbers in it and the father's teaching his daughter how to count along with the go-go song. That's an amazing story. How'd you learn how to count? Yeah. Well, I was, at a, I was at a professional basketball game uh, and my father taught me how to count to a go-go song. Exactly. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> I like, I'm a big fan of um, going to each arena, not sounding exactly the same. I know sometimes uh, we can all fall into the, oh, this is the hot song, we'll play it. But the fact that each mm-hmm. arena will kind of have its own personality. Um, even if you come to a Lakers game and a Clippers game, we play in the same building, but you're going to have two completely right. different experiences. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that that's, you're going to get that in Washington, D.C. too, which I would have expected anyways, just because I know the music culture and stuff like that. But I'm happy to hear that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think other people notice it as well. I've had reporters mention it. Um, even when I was in the Wubble in Florida, um, I was playing, I was still playing go-go music during mm-hmm. Mystic's home games. And uh, they, like, they had, a, like, China Robinson, and someone, they had a discussion about the about go-go music on air during the game. Awesome. And I even had, you know, Holly Rowe mention it. So it was pretty cool that... <laughs> That's really cool. It became a whole discussion. Again, and I don't know if this is going on because I'm in the arena. So I checked Twitter after a game with like Heat. They're having a whole discussion about go-go music because they heard you playing go-go. I love it. And trying to explain what go-go music is. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And you know it, you know, some people went and listened to it after that conversation because you were playing it and then it was talked about on national television. That's really cool. Yeah. I actually ended up making a, a Spotify playlist full of China. Awesome. Very <laughs> it, cool. It, it tweet. It tweeted it to her some go-go songs. Perfect. <laughs> that's that's taking that next step. You gotta sometimes you gotta educate people. That's our job as a DJ sometimes. Yeah, man. That's that's the fun part about it. Like, especially if they're genuinely into it. I was like, heck yeah, I got you. <laughs> Speaking of fun, I uh have scrolled through your Instagram feed and there are some videos of you in costumes. You did uh I think it was the body body challenge, but you had a turn yeah. fit on. There's another video yeah. of you in a hot dog outfit. Um, yeah. I couldn't be happier that you're showing your personality on your Instagram page because it's very entertaining for me. Can you tell me about the hot dog outfit and just why one day you're like, because not everybody, I, I would wear a hot dog outfit as a joke. Do I feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. to put it on my social media? I don't know. But the fact that you do that, I, I love that about you and it makes me smile when I see it. So uh, we need to talk about those <laughs> costumes right now. So they actually, well, a few years back, I just got into buying like the weirdest costumes for Halloween. Just because. Because, you know, just because. I'm like, I just want to be different for Halloween. You know, everybody wants to be like whatever the, the it character is for the year. I'm like, I'm going to be something silly. And it started with the hot dog costume for Halloween. And the turkey costume was another Halloween. And I wore it to a party. And people was like, you're ready for Thanksgiving, huh? I'm like, yes. <laughs> 
let's go penguin costume but of course i like i still have these costumes so i'm like what else can i might as well still well what else can i use them for <laughs> for like funny things so i think out of all of them the hot dog costume has become the most popular one where i've actually wore it to um i have a friend that's a teacher and she would have me come out to djs for they're, they're like elementary like young elementary school kids so i would wear the hot dog costume just you know the kids could could be into it so i'm, I'm djing with a hot dog yeah, costume. what what else would you wear that just makes sense yeah well i mean what else would i wear yeah. and it's it's funny when, when i came back to the school the following year without the costume the kids still <laughs> recognized me and the little kids were like it's the hot dog <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I like I totally forgot that I wore it last year, but the kids know me as the hot dog. So even recently during the pandemic, when they had to switch that same program virtually, I sent in a video with me in the hot dog costume since those kids know me as Very the cool. DJ and hot dog. <laughs> and they will know, for the rest of their lives, they will remember you because of that. As, as the DJ and hot dog. Yes. Awesome. I, love it. Well, I, I, I look forward to more costumes on your social media page. Uh, yeah, you know, Halloween's coming back around. That's, yeah, man. Yeah, hopefully we'll be allowed out of the house by then, but we'll see what happens. <sighs> Speaking of, yeah, what is it, what's it like in D.C. right now? I, I still have family and friends that live in the Virginia area, but I haven't actually asked them, like, what's, what are the, are clubs open or restaurants open? None of that stuff, yeah. No, well, we're restaurants, yes. Um, our mayor is, is still taking a stance on not having the, the indoor stuff going as much unless it's. It is the restaurants or the museums. I know um, our company, Monumental Sports, they released something last week because the mayor hasn't made a decision when it comes to indoor sports. And, you know, they're, they're it's, it, it, what, what can you do yeah. right now? Hopefully she, she will do something before the season is over that we, we're optimistic because, you know, we also had the Washington Capitals. So I'm sure, you know, hockey fans as well as the Wizard fans would like to see some action, but we, we, we shall see what happens. And of course, you know, mystic season is oh. coming. So we, we really, really hoping <laughs> about that, but uh, like I understand that there's guidelines and standards, you know, our mayor, she, she even lost her, her uh, relative, her sister to COVID. Yeah. So I could see how she, she's probably handling things right now. Cause it, it's a very touchy subject. Well, and safety too, right? Like I can't imagine mm -hmm. being in a position where, I need to make sure people can get back to work, but also safely, like, where's that, you know, cause you could, people are going to get sick and there'll be some more deaths because of it. I can't imagine ba having to be the one to make those decisions. I just, yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's tough. So I know both sides are working things out. Tell people I'm just a DJ, but I will be excited if, yeah. you know, a decision is made and she finally says, yes, let's, let's bring in the fans. Cause it's cool. Like we do a virtual game day for the fans, oh, for yeah. the fans. Cause to still tune in and see everything that will happen as if they were still in the arena. But I know we like, there's nothing like to have just a few, no, like, the, like the energy of like the energy of live fans is, I mean, it's just a, it's a completely different thing. We, the Lakers now okay. in LA County, we're, I don't know what the number is yet. I haven't heard how we're doing it, but our next home game, they're on the road for a while. Our next home game is April 15th and uh, mm. we're going to get some fans. That'll be our first time this season having some fans. So it'll, uh, I've gotten used to no fans, not necessarily in a right. good way. I've just gotten used to it. So I'm curious, like now what's it going to be like with some back? I know, I don't know if they'll be near me in the stands. Like, will they be somewhere else? I don't, I know nothing about that yet. So I'm very curious uh, 
very curious what it'll be like. Cause I know some other DJs around the league have had, uh, fans recently like our friend dj shauna for the bucks they uh yeah they started with no fans and they just had some fans recently and um yeah it'll be interesting i'm curious how i will respond to that because i'm sure like like me you also like i can look away from the court for a second like if i have to get something on my computer and the fans will tell me what's mm -hmm. happening fans will tell you what's happening in the game i'm like oh i need to look right back. something cool is about to happen which i don't have that right. right i don't have that right now there's no fans to tell me what's exactly. happening so it'll exactly. be it'll be cool to have them back and hopefully Hopefully you can have some back, uh, whether it's this season, but especially for the Mystics, right as their season comes up and it's all safe. Hopefully, yeah. I hope that happens. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because we're all we're all definitely excited for Mystic season. We we got some new additions. It's like you know Elena would be playing because you know she didn't she didn't play like yep. last season. Natasha didn't play last season, so we had like it's look, new uniforms they got yeah. announced yesterday. No, like, There's some fire uniforms they announced yesterday. Woo! my gosh like i'm like i i need like all three right like, yeah like i know three. i don't dj for your team but i you can still send them my way thanks yeah, like i got you more yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of jerseys you uh i saw a video recently like you got uh gifted a jersey from uh, was it the wizards yeah yeah from man. the wizards with your name on it oh my gosh it, it was so cool that it was uh it was pride night that night so you know i'm I'm an overly gay woman and it's like he you know it's pretty cool what you do and you, you've done so much for us um we're gonna do this video for you on pride night now the jersey caught part caught me off guard yeah, I, I, it looked like you didn't know that that was coming <laughs> no i didn't know what was happening i was like why does brit need to come over to me after the video is shown and start talking I'm like, what is happening? So Brit is saying stuff. I'm like, yeah. And then the other host, Dennis, he creeps up behind me. I'm like, <laughs> with the jersey. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm trying to work here. What are y'all doing? Right, like y'all talking to me. I still got to play the next song when, when this whole segment about me is over. That's the. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I don't you, want thank to train you, wreck. You. I need to go back to work. Yeah. I need a guy. I mean, you know, I can't train wreck this transition, y'all. <laughs> when we go to the next, the next segment, you know. You all but, just celebrated yeah. me in the arena. I still have to look good as a DJ, so <laughs> let me do my job real quick. <laughs> You know, we still these virtual fans that's tuned in or, or on the stream watching this right now. They 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 notice everything. They they pretty vocal in the chat room, yeah. so I can't, I can't mess this up. But nah, it it was cool. Like it was, it it was so dope. You know, that was that was my first my first jersey gift from the team to cool. go from like you know. Of course, I purchased jerseys all through my years yep. as a fan, but you know, that's that's with other people's name on the back. Yeah, exactly. I got a jersey my. <laughs> I got a jersey with my name on the back. So shout shout out to the whole, you know, Monumental Sports family. Shout out to Sachs, Chelsea, Cassie, all of like just everybody. Like I, I told you, like I love everybody in the arena from security, arena workers, all the way up to the top. Like everyone's just so, so cool. Yeah. And uh according to Twitter, you shed some thug tears. Yeah, man. <laughs> thug tears. Britt wanted me to literally cry a little bit more. She's like, are you crying? I'm like, no, because, you know. Because I got to work. The, ti the timeout is over. I got to play defense prompts right now. I can't. <laughs> like, you got one but, tier. That's all you got. And now I got to go back to work. Right. You got a little, little, little something like, yeah. you know, like like an allergy type of yeah, buzz. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. Must right. have lots of pollen inside this building right now. Yeah, the pollen. You know, it's getting nice out. Some pollen got <laughs> tracked in on me. There you go. <laughs> we uh some of the listeners on the show they're always intrigued by the equipment that each dj mm -hmm. uses because we all use relatively somewhat the same stuff but every once in a while somebody will have used different equipment for 
a sound prompt or whatever, but what equipment do you mm -hmm. use uh, when you're DJing these games? Uh, of course, I have my Serato for like the, the DJing, DJing, the yep. real DJing side of things. Um, In-game action, when I'm playing the offensive and, and defense stuff, um, I use the Sports Sound Pro program mm -hmm. because I still have the laptop that was given to me um, by... Uh, by Jared, who I mentioned earlier, um, he's no longer with Monumental, but he never asked for the laptop back. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll just hold on to it for you. Let me just, I'll just, yeah, I'll keep it safe. Yeah, but I, I think he had more than one. He's the type of guy that kept making duplicates of everything yep. every day. So Jared, thank you for letting me keep the laptop still. So um, you Sports Sound Pro, even though when I was in um, the bubble. With three point productions, they use Sound Director, oh, yeah. and that was pretty. That was pretty cool to use Sound Director. That I I'm really considering that as well. If, if I was to switch over, using Sound Director was really really cool. And uh, for some defense chance, I have an iPad with me since you know we don't have a crowd in there. Um, Jealousy and another team, they're they're handling the sweeteners with the actual the crowd, crowd noise. noise. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, with, with certain parts of um, the action gets real, it's you know, especially that fourth quarter action. That's when I use the iPad with the crowd noise of the defense chants going on. So that's so that's pretty cool. I think I feel like you know, I tell people it's like it's like being a pilot. We got all yep. our controls and going from from here to there to this and that. It, it becomes you know, you know how this just becomes second nature. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't think you can't throw a DJ into. I don't care how good of DJ you are. If you've never done a sporting event before, you can't just jump right into it. I'm not saying you couldn't learn how to do it, but you can't like all the things that you described right there. No one would know. You'd have to be mm -hmm. thinking about what, where is this? And then the moment's over. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you definitely have to know. And and that's the great thing that I liked about being in the bubble to learn from a company like three point. Cause you know, they, they handle a lot of different sporting events. I think they just did the, the women's uh, final four. Yep. Uh, they did the G League bubble, so learning from a, a, a group of guys where sports entertainment, sports music, game operations is their thing as well. Like it, it feels good to learn from from others here yep. and there because that's what help helps you get better. Like even with doing what I did, um, All Star last year when I got to do the celebrity game, just learning from everybody and getting to meet people, like getting to meet dance and was able to see DJ dance and to see what he does. So it was, it was really, really cool. DJ dance, DJ my wedding. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Yep. Oh man. But that was turned up. <laughs> um, I, I have a group called the suicide doors and we performed mm -hmm. at my wedding as well. And wow. the cops showed up and dense was willing to take the fine and, or go to jail for me. Cause the cop was telling him we need to turn it down. And dense was like, I can't, that's that guy right there is the one getting married. I can't tell him to turn the music down. So dense is a, is a true friend. He almost, he, he didn't, the cop that's was, awesome. the cop was nice. But Dents did not have to pay a fine and or go to jail, but he was willing to do that. <laughs> All right, Dents. So I'm glad That's you right. I'm glad you got to meet him. And Dents is Dents is one of he's uh even though we're on different teams now, which is fine. We're allowed to be friends. And but Dents is somebody I'll be friends. <laughs> is somebody I'll be friends with for the rest of my life, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely cool. Especially for me, like I still consider myself quote unquote like a rookie or a newbie to this because this would be my fifth season mm -hmm. with the Mystics. And this is my be wrapping up my third season with the wizards and i know you know a lot of y'all y'all are veterans i've been doing this so long and i'm like i just want to learn from all of you like it's inspiring to see everything that y'all doing that i love the community 
that all the DJs have, like camaraderie that is easy to reach out to everybody yep. for for this and that. So like, like I'm like, wow, this is this is cool. This is really really cool. So I'm appreciative of, of everyone. <laughs> well, look, I've been DJing a long time, and I've been in sports a long time. I started this podcast one to learn other DJs' journeys, but also like to learn how they DJ differently than me. Like I want to, I still want to learn even though I've been doing it this long, I feel like I could DJ game with my eyes closed at this point, just for muscle right. memory of knowing where things are. But mm-hmm. with that too, you can fall into, Oh, I keep doing the same thing over and over again. I, and I don't want to do that. So I think as long as you're willing to consistently learn, regardless how long you've been doing it, you'll be able to stay in the game and keep going as long as you want to. Yeah. I'm definitely the same way. I'm always constantly taking notes. Like during the game, I'm writing down notes. Uh, if I'm out somewhere, if I'm watching a game on TV, I might hear something. I got, I got notes in my phone. Yep. Just, just for ideas, like okay, this song for this and that, blah blah. Because I, I, I don't want to get that that way either. Like, I want everything to sound fresh. Yeah. Still, you, you know, and even like you mentioned, is having uh, mystics and wizards, having them have different sounds and stuff like that. And so people who could get that experience, they know, okay, this is a wizards game. This is how it's going to feel like. This is a mystics game. This is how it's going to feel like. Yeah, you don't want. Yeah, you just yeah, because it's it could easily fall in the same trap of playing the same stuff over and over again. But yeah, that's, you want to, mm-hmm. you want to try not to avoid that for sure. Exactly. Definitely. 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 Cause I'd be like, oh, if I'm getting tired of it, then other people yeah. maybe get tired totally. of it too. 100%. So freshen up, go, go research some more stuff, dig in some more stuff. Maybe it's something that you forgot about that would still go in like boom. And if you're fortunate enough, like my original goal with this podcast was actually to go was to do it in person was to like, come to DC, come to a game and then talk to you afterwards. So I could see it in person. That was also selfish of me too, where I could listen to somebody else, DJ a sporting event and be like, Oh yeah, I had never thought about that before. And basically steal ideas. That was the whole point of the podcast was just to steal all the other <laughs> DJs ideas for my own, for my own repertoire. That was the whole point. No, I get it because that's something, well, being able to travel, yeah. that is something I really wanted to Like that was, I think we all, we all had plans in 2020. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I was like, oh man, I want to travel to the different WNBA games. That that was, you know, original plans in, in 2020. Um, try to go to different NBA games as well, like nearby. Like I really wanted to hear, definitely wanted to hear a Philly game because yep. of like how what I'm hearing on TV, I'm like, I definitely want to like hear get the experience yep. in person. I was I, so yeah, no, I, I dig it. I think we all just just want to be great at, at what we do and, you know, give fans and even staff. Because you got to think, it's the fans that's into it. But, you yep. know, everybody, all parts of the arena. Because you probably the same way. You might have, like, workers, concession workers saying they enjoying hearing the stuff. You know, the security, they got to stand around all day. <laughs> like, they they get into it as well. So it, it matters from, from all levels of, of keeping people happy and entertained. And I know now it's different in the COVID times, but besides DJing sports, I know you've done stuff on radio. Are those the two main things? Like, do you do clubs? Do you do private events, corporate gigs, things like that as well? Yes, yes. I'm not I'm not really in the clubs as much anymore. You know, cl- clubbing days is pretty much, I, I realized my lane <laughs> and, and, and growing. I'm like, clubs ain't, ain't pretty much my lane. Um, but doing radio, I'm on Radio Baltimore 92Q. I DJ for two different artists. I DJ for artists named Carolyn Malachi and also DJ for Maya. So, um, yeah. Now, do you travel with them? Uh, Mm -hmm. What is the difference of DJing 
for an artist as opposed mm -hmm. to DJing uh, where you're, where you're more the focus, right? Where like you're in control of the sound for an artist. I assume that it's more of their mm -hmm. show. What's that like? Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's great. Actually. It's, it's amazing because DJing for artists is one of the things I've always wanted mm -hmm. to do. And as, and as I was getting older, I felt like it was never going to happen um, until Maya hit me up one day. I met Maya from when I did radio in DC. Mm -hmm. um, and she reached out one day to me just randomly. Hey, he, I got a show in DJ, uh, a show in DC. Um, do you know anybody that could DJ my show? I know you're probably busy. I was like, actually, I'm not busy. I had bought tickets to your show. I was coming anyway. Oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> that it like I literally had you're tickets like, to her show. I'll actually be there. So if you need me, just let me know. Hilarious. Yeah. So I so I ended up giving, you know, my tickets to my my other friends, you know, bringing in somebody else into our group. And that's how I started DJing for her. And she, you know, she's been in this industry over 20 years. Yeah. And she is the absolute definition of a professional when it, when it comes to the preparations for her shows and what what she wants and how even getting me involved in, in parts of the shows. She's also you know open to things when it comes to when we work with band members because it it varies. Sometimes when there's a show, it could be just me and her. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just me, her, and the dancers. Sometimes we, we have the full band. It, it all depends on what you know the promoter is looking for. So but it's 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 that great energy. And I think some people would say like do artists get tired of doing the same songs all the time? But if you got that different crowd every time, it's like a, it's almost like you're doing it for the first time. Yeah. And that energy and feeding off of, and of course, like the, the traveling again, something that we missed from 2020. You know, hopefully, we'll we'll be seeing us doing some shows soon later on this year, as you know, we get a sense of normalcy mm -hmm. going back on with, with what's happening in in the United States. But it's a yeah, it's a, a, a amazing experience. Like I said, she's the definition of a, of a professional. <laughs> what would a typical tour day look like? If you're there with a full band and to show at night and then you're on the road, like mm -hmm. what does that day look like for you? Um, it, it, it depends. Like when we get in, there are some shows we get in like the day before, mm -hmm. or there are shows we really get in the day of, and it's like, you know, get our stuff into a hotel. All right, God, make sure we do sound check. You know, sound check is, is really, really key. Um, even leading up to the shows, you know, getting in a certain amount of rehearsals in, you know, because sometimes maybe something might change up with the set. That's why I say she's a she's a true professional. Yeah, it could be a set that we've done hundreds of times, but no, we're going to rehearse this for hours. Yeah, to make sure everything is on point, and we're going to do a sound check to make sure everything is on point that with, with her levels, with her mic, with my levels, with my mic, because I, I talk a lot during her show. Okay. Like she, she, she's really an artist that really loves having a DJ involved. She, she has several of us. Like we, she has, listen, she has DJs like in every time zone. <laughs> I love it. It, it. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, she, she's an independent artist, so she's doing everything herself. Yep. She's not signed to a major label. So she is the boss. She is, is running the show for things, but just, just make sure everything is on point for a sound check. Okay. What time is the show? Sometimes sound check could run real close to showtime yeah. and we just end up just staying there yeah. at the venue. Like we already have our clothes here. 
stay here at the venue. And then in, in summertime, it's it's funny. I was looking at my Instagram story memories, and in the summer it could really get crazy because they're you know mystic season. And I've been lucky enough that I don't have to miss a, a, a lot of games. That's good. But I was looking at one memory where I was, I think we was in, we, we did a show in Houston one night. Then we was in Columbus, Ohio the next day. And, you know, rest in peace to DMX. We had a show with DMX. Um, is that, con- is that confirmed? Was- I know by the time this podcast comes out, but is that confirmed? I, I know last night Twitter was all over the place. and uh, Yeah. Man. Yeah, this family released the, um, the official statement today. Uh, so I was looking back at that memories of that DMX show. So we did Houston the night before. The next day we did Columbus, where it was Maya, DMX, and Bone Thugs and Harmony, which was like a very hype mix for me because awesome. I grew up with yep. Bone and DMX. And so had to fl- I had to fly back early enough the next day so I could make it to a Mystics game. But I had, looking at my memories, I had ran into flight delays and flight issues. And had to switch planes and this and that. And I'm like, that's the game where I made it in just in time for the anthem. <laughs> wow. Which is about <laughs> uh, two to three minutes before tip off. Like I have already had like uh some pre some pre-recorded mixes that yep. they had of me for, for like that for for other stuff when I had to miss games, like if I miss something, if I'm going out the country, I think yeah, yeah. they pretty much, they, they tell me a limit. They're like, heat, don't miss no more than three games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is understandable. <laughs> for, the, for, yeah. for the season. Don't miss more than three games for the season. So they had those mixes <laughs> for that. Um, but it was a rush. And it's it's been quite a few times where I've, I've had all that going on with shows. And I've literally flown in the day of a Mystics game and went straight to the arena or there was this other time where, like I said, I DJ for two different artists. So I think there was a time where I had DJ for Maya and I ended up staying in the airport because I had a, when I returned home from the gig that I had with Maya, Carolyn Malachi, we were flying out to somewhere. And luckily, it was just all the same airport. So even though that was a longer trip, I told Carolyn, can you bring me this bag when you come to the airport to check in? So I'm going to take this little bag and just put it. So I literally stayed in the airport. Wow. <laughs> life of a because DJ. I had to try. The life of a DJ, man, is cool. You know, I, I definitely miss it. Uh, I'm looking forward to these these crazy flights and, you know, me hopefully no longer cutting it close to making the Mystics yeah. games. But <laughs> And, but it's known, like I tell Maya, like, oh, yeah, I could do the show, but make sure my return flight, I could get in by this time because yep. I got a game that day. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's, uh, that is one thing that people don't realize. Like, yes, I'm the Lakers DJ. Yes, you're the Mystics Wizards DJ, but we don't know that schedule, right? Like we next NBA season, if it's normal, we may not know it until August. So people could be like, hey, are you available this time, this time? I'm like, I literally don't know yet. So there's a balance of... You know, I don't want to. I don't want to miss Lakers games, um, but sometimes there's a paycheck that, like, hey, I need to, I need to get this check. But I will turn down a lot of things because it's, you know, I'm the Lakers DJ, right? Like, you'll turn it down, but sometimes, right? And people understand, I think. Yeah, I think for the most part they do. Yeah. Yeah, I had to turn uh, something down yesterday because I had to tell folks, um, I, I can't do weddings anymore. Same. Hmm. Because of the commitment so far in advance, like yeah, I can say I'm open this day in 2022 right now. Yeah, 
but who knows what's going to happen. So I was like, I like this, the wedding that I'm doing uh, this year is actually for somebody that works in, in game operations. So oh, okay. it's going to feel like <laughs> there's going to be a big, a big like game ops wedding that's coming up. <laughs> We're all like, <laughs> hilarious. I'm like, listen, we need, if you need us to do a t-shirt toss yeah, exactly. at your wedding, <laughs> we're ready. So, but even that may fall into something. It, it, it turns out that the mystic schedule. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to put the entire game entertainment <laughs> staff can't call off on the same day. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to move your we're wedding all at the wedding. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're kind of like wondering about that. Like, he planned it at a good enough time, but now they're saying like preseason may start around his wedding. And then we're like, everybody's they just know we, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it doesn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Well, I, I, I'm so happy that we got a chance to talk. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, and uh, we now have each other's information. You have my phone number, I have yours. I will be stalking you. So yeah. I look forward to more hot dog and uh, turkey videos on your Instagram page. Um, but before we get out of here, I want to, if you, what advice would you give to people wanting to get into the DJ world that we're in right now, especially the sports entertainment world? Um, what advice would you give to the 13 year old you that put an ad in the, in the paper mm -hmm. to have a DJ mentor? Right. And to learn how to make beats like Puff. <laughs> that's <laughs> that knowing. By that the way, knowing that's going to be the social clip that I use. I'm going to clip that part of the, uh, <laughs> of this and that's going to be the social clip. That's hilarious. Uh, the advice I would give, learn and research the craft as much as you can when it comes to the DJ craft, when it comes to the business of sports, because I feel it's, it's easier now to learn all these things than totally. it was back then. Like I had to put an ad in the paper. What you did back then is <laughs> equivalent to the day of getting into somebody's DM or looking yes. at videos on YouTube. You did that, but like in an analog way. Yep. 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 So do that now. Um, I was telling some students yesterday, if you had somebody in mind as a mentor, if you reach out to them and it don't work out, there are still ways that people could still be your mentor. Like if there's a DJ you look up to and they have a lot of content online already like this, telling their stories, listen and learn from that, you know, and, and it's almost like they're, they're being your mentor, even though you can't, you know, get in touch with them, like just learn, research everything. Cause I'm, I'm like that as well. I'm like, I'm a sponge. Totally. I, I like soaking in and learning about everything. And now with, listen, I'm addicted to TikTok now. <laughs> And, you know, the TikTok algorithm has figured out that I work in sports. So it's giving me videos of so many other people that work in sports showing the jobs that they do. I was like, that's so cool. Like, I didn't know uh, the young lady that operates our shot clock has a TikTok and she has a, a whole lot of views because she's just showing a day, a day in the life of the shot clock operator. <laughs> awesome. But that's a cool, that's a cool career that probably nobody would have even thought of like it, it's so much even if you want to be a dj or you know it takes so many times like me you can learn from others like you said we're we're all we're all on social yep it's just 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 learn the craft and especially like i said when it comes to djing i i think since it's easier now to become a dj mm -hmm. there are certain simple skills that are being lost 
And to me, the main thing is like the art of just like blending, yeah. transitioning. Because we're the generation is the Serato, like Serato, I say it's a, a gift and a curse because some are just so focused on looking. But it's music. How do you DJ? Yeah. With your ears. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Listen, don't rely on watching what's on the screen. Listen, that's a cool thing. Like I said, DJ RBI that taught me how to DJ. One thing that he does with the kids now, since, you know, they have Serato, he covers the screen. Love it. Because he wants them to make these transitions by listening. (laughs) Uh, And make eye contact with the crowd. Don't forget to make eye contact. Listen, you got to read a crowd, man. Got to read a crowd. You're not playing just for yourself. There's a time and place for everything. We have Twitch where we could do that. Yeah. And give people these bops that we love that we could introduce. It it may not it's not the time and place. Correct. Yep. <laughs> for for others. <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Before we get where can people look at your amazing Instagram like I do if they want to find you on social media? <laughs> where uh, where where can they go? My social is real simple on everything is at DJ Heat DC on Instagram, on Twitter. On TikTok now, because you know I gotta get the times. I got the TikTok page going on. Uh, my website, one stop landing, djheatdc.com. That's a wrap on the latest edition of the Beat Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to DJ Heat as much as I enjoyed having a conversation with her. I can't wait to head to DC as soon as I'm allowed to and uh, check her out at one of her games. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Make sure you uh, give us a follow on social media, Beat Talks. You can follow me, DJ Ruscha. And always, if you have any questions, any suggestions, any guests you'd like to hear from, let me know. I will uh, do my very best to get them on. Until next time. 